What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of NFL Turf Talk presented to you by DSM Media. Make sure if you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you follow DSM Media at DSM underscore media. If you don't follow us on Instagram, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DSM dot do something major. You're going to want to definitely check us out on there. We've gotten a lot more active on Instagram. We're getting active on TikTok. Um, and we're really starting to pick up the pace with all the other social media platforms. So you want to make sure that you're following us on all of them. Um, if you just simply go to the Twitter, the link tree is right in the bio. So you'll find all of them listed right there. And you can just plug into all of them. Um, we are presented on all podcast streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, so you can definitely catch us there. And of course, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel as we are going to be having some very special giveaways associated directly with that YouTube channel coming up. Um, what's up, Dylan, my co-host? Um, how, how are you doing tonight, my man? What's going on? Before he jumps out of here, I got to give a shout out because I see he's in here now to my dude, Jake Hill. Uh, known him for about a decade, over a decade now. Uh, from family vacations, but he lives in he lives in Tennessee. So Titans are on tonight against the okay. Niners. So I'm sure my boy's gonna want to hear a little bit about that game. But shout out to Jake Hill. Um, what's going on, dude? But yeah, man, I got the it's it's not the same. But we're talking MVP race tonight, and I got the MV3 shirt on <laughs> from our uh, from our uh, T Public site. So I'm doing good. Um, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. It's crazy. Um, I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel like Christmas Eve is tomorrow. Hopefully tomorrow when, you know, family's around, it'll feel a little bit more like it, but it, it doesn't yet. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. And it feels like this year has just flown by. Um, you know, it's crazy that we're already here at Christmas. And then by the following weekend, it'll, it'll be 2022. And I, I just can't believe it's came this fast. <laughs> it's, it's blown me away. And uh, it's been a very eventful year, right? Like there's so much to look back on and, you know, maybe we'll have yeah. to do something like that and look back on some of this we stuff will. we've covered over these, this last year. But it's, uh, it's a, a great time of year, right? We got some gifts coming out. I, I got my Goddard jersey on tonight, so I, I had to bring it out. You know, I've, I've been standing for this man for a while. You know, I've been calling him tight end one for a while, and uh, he's starting to show it. So I'm very excited to get into this Eagles and uh, Washington football team yeah. uh, matchup. But uh, definitely make sure you're following my co-host Dylan here at DylanJD98 and myself at Scotty Drowned. And of course, uh, you know, if you if you haven't already, make sure you head over to manscaped.com, use that code TURF20, you get 20% off of free shipping. So it's definitely a nice time around the holidays here. Um I let's mean, get- listen, not gonna lie, Scotty, you, you <laughs> ran a little late if uh you waited till now for the yeah. for <laughs> but it is never too late yeah. to get, it's never too late to get 20% off with free shipping so uh with all the shows we have over here you can use any one of our codes turf talking use code turf20 uh and get 20% off and if you really want to finesse your way around manscape.com make a bunch of different orders with different codes my dude like we got like eight different codes go on over and put them to use there you go and uh, let's let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's let's talk about this Sorry. Eagles and the the team with no name. You know that that matchup. That team. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got I got some displeasures with the Washington Football Team, man, and uh, you know, kind of how their fans were coming at us about how we felt about the game being postponed. So I really wanted to lay it to this team. Feels like they still think they're better than the Eagles. I'm looking at this team, Taylor Heineke. Oh, okay. 
Okay. We'll see in about two weeks, right? So Who? <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we gotta we gotta get once I get the soundboard in here, I'm gonna I gotta make a beat for that. A little uh <laughs> little who for every bomb ass quarterback they throw out for the Washington football team. Gilbert. Yeah. Oh man. And I, I do want to shout out before we get directly into the game, definitely want to shout out uh Jen Williams, Slay, um, Darius Slay, uh his wife Jen. They 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 definitely hooked me and my girlfriend up with tickets to the game. They were awesome seats um in the section 117. So that was an awesome experience. And uh, you know, it was great to see my girlfriend get recognized for being a, a frontline nurse there. So um shout out to them and uh shout out to the dude that got in a, in a fight with the Washington football team fan right in the section. He was actually also gifted tickets to oh, the no. He got no. in a fight with the Washington football team fan. It was like this whole argument. Um the the fan walks by, the the guy's son yells down at the fan, says, you know, Washington football team sucks. The the other guy yells up to his son, calls his son a bitch. <laughs> and so this dude was off a couple tequilas, like just straight tequilas out there. Right? But I was watching. Yeah, he had about three or four of them joints. And uh, he, he goes down there and, and just starts a fist fight. And uh, that's a bad look, uh, though, man. That's it. Like Jen Slay's out here doing, doing you know, a bunch of good in the city and, and getting people recognized and doing some good. And people got to go out and, and fight, man. That's. <laughs> I mean, listen, I know your pride is tested when your son gets called a bitch, but like. <laughs> I know, man, but you got to, you got to hold you it gotta in. You got to restrain a little bit. You got to hold it in. And, and you know, you don't want to, you don't want to do that in front of your, your kids anyway. So how old was the kid? Ah, uh, 13. Maybe? I got, okay, hold on, hold on. Now I got questions about the story. Kid's son's 13. There with his dad. How old was the, per how old was the person dad fought? Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. He didn't look that old. I mean, he he. I'm he, because he's over I 18. A kind of a bad look for the dad if he fought a like a younger dude, right? Like twenty, whatever, teenage yeah. dude. Also, bad look if it was like a grown man calling a 13 year old a bitch for saying. Yeah, he, the dude oh, was no. definitely. Listen, you deserve to get your ass whooped if you're a grown man calling a 13 year old a bitch. It was like, <laughs> so I see it from two sides, but yeah, I, it I, had to be I, one I, of the guys. It had to be one of them from uh, the Jen Slay ticket. So that's uh, of course, of course. But uh, okay, 27 to 17 win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Uh, took care of business. Got off to a sloppy start, down 10 0 early. Back-to-back um, -back turnovers, obviously, the interception uh, off the Goddard drop. Um, ashamed of you, Goddard, for not catching that one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, bounces off a shoe or something like that, and they get a touchdown. Crazy play. Um, and then the very next drive, uh, they drive down the field. Jalen Hurts uh, gets caught scrambling, fumbles the football off a sack, and uh, the, the Washington football team gets out to a 10-0 lead. Dylan. Eagles were able to get back into it, showed resilience. What what are some of your takeaways from this game just off the top of your head? Uh, listen, I talked about it a lot yesterday, so I definitely want to get get your takes on it and hear what yeah. you have to say about the game, especially you were up close and personal for it. Um, but th there's two guys that I want to zero in on here. A, is we'll start with Nick Sirianni. Um, I, I said this again yesterday. I'm very close to being in on Nick Sirianni. Like all like in for the future. This dude yeah. continues to impress me for a guy that I ripped to shreds for about five to seven weeks early in the season. And a lot of people ripped to shreds early on in this season. 
He has figured out what this team's identity is. He has figured out what his players do well and what they don't do well. And he has legitimately put each and every one of these dudes and, and position groups and played to their strengths. Um, th- this team has now had seven straight games with 175-plus rushing yards. He's not shying away from it. I think one thing that stuck out to me that he did a great job of was, okay, there – you know, he didn't do he didn't draw up this game plan or this scheme because of what was being said. But I think it was it kind of put the conversation to bed, Scotty. When you know the offense looked different with Gardner Minshew in the game, right? When Jalen Hurts missed against the Jets, you yeah. see Dallas Goddard have a career day and everything like that. He did a very good job of keeping the game run heavy, but he also allowed Jalen Hurts to make plays with his arm. Yeah, twenty six pass attempts. He opened up the offense. There was it wasn't RPO heavy. There was plays down the field using the middle of the field. What's Dallas Goddard have? Another career high after having a career high in the last game. So I think Nick Sirianni did a very good job of shutting the door on that conversation that we were having a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, listen, when you're seeing throughout the course of every game for three, four, five games in a row on social media. You know, after the first quarter, after the second quarter, at the end of the game, people saying Nick Sirianni's calling a hell of a game. Nick Sirianni called a hell of a game. He's figured it out, and he's doing one hell of a job right now. The last yeah. thing I'll say about him before I throw throw him to you is, Scotty, he's got his guys ready to play in big moments this season. The Giants game was a dud, and that was totally, totally shouldn't shouldn't have um, happened. Yeah, the Saints game was a critical game in this season. They showed up in a big way. Yeah. Must-win game on Tuesday night, they showed up in a big way. So Nick Sirianni's got these guys playing for him, playing for this team, and they're balled in, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you. And, uh, you know, he's he's really turned the team around. And obviously, we, we were playing against some stiff competition at the beginning of the season. And I, I think some of that, you know, kind of fits into what we're seeing now and kind of – Seeing him adjust on the fly, we're seeing him, you know, get his players in the right situations. You even look at this game, right? Jalen Reger, three receptions, 57 yards. And we've seen it over the last few games. Like, yes, Jalen Reger didn't catch those passes against the Giants. But Nick Sirianni is making the plays where he's getting open, Mm -hmm. where he's in position to make those plays. So even guys like Jalen Reger getting involved, Greg Ward makes a play in the end zone. He's looking like this like red zone guy, like who, when, when did Greg Ward, By the way, bro, I told you, target. you did, you called it before the game, you called it before the game, he's, he's a Washington football team killer, <laughs> um, but you know, three recept or four receptions this year, three are touchdowns for Greg Ward, and then uh, of course, Devontae Smith just continues to do his thing, you know, w- whatever is asked of him in reality, you saw him line up, he, he had his hands in the, in the ground, in the dirt, beside my, uh, my lot of, so, they got him doing a lot of stuff. They, they've incorporated Jordan Howard. He's They're using him as that pounded down your throat back. Like, he's doing all the right things, it feels like. And it, it's great to see. And you just want to you want to continue to see it. So then the next thing that I'm looking at, which before I move on from Sirianni, I, I just want to comment on, you know, I think it was pro football talk or something like that. Uh, they put a tweet out saying, you know, if Sirianni is able to really lead this team, you know, turn it around, they get into the playoffs. He should be in contention for coach of the year. Yeah, man. I mean, <sighs> it seems like a heavy statement to make, but Scotty, I didn't see this team yeah. in this position. 
I don't think you did. I don't think a lot of people did. I know there's the die the diehard Eagles fans out there as if me and you aren't diehard either, but yeah. you hear them say it every day in their post and they never gave up and they always believe and yada yada. I saw what was in front of my eyes. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe in what they could do. They're a 500 team scratching and calling for a playoff spot. Yeah. 60 plus million dollars in dead in dead cap. Poor roster construction. A rookie quarterback who struggled off and on this year. Yeah. COVID injuries. And he's got them fighting for a chance to make the to make it to the dance. So hell yes, he's in the combination. And I think you know the the key there is like even before the season, like we looked at the schedule, we looked at the record and what it could be, and I think we we came out too close to a five hundred type of record somewhere around there nine yeah. and eight, eight eight and nine something. But that like was that. like the the bar. The bar. That was, was the bar, and yeah. and it wasn't even like they could get to that record this season, but. The simple truth is they've been they're the number one rushing team in the NFL. Like they are they have a strength. They have an identity and I think that's something important which is something that we wanted to see this season. We wanted to see them develop an identity of what this team wants to be. And they're the number one rushing team in the NFL. They've they broken franchise records of straight games with over 175 rushing yards. Yep. They're getting everyone involved in the rushing game. Jalen Hurts obviously he was the I think he still is the leading rusher on the team just over Miles Sanders. But Miles Sanders has turned it on in over these last few games and they're giving him the ball. I think that's the biggest thing to note there. 100%. You know, they're get they're giving but you're getting everybody the ball cuz Howard gets 15 carries. So that's what happens when you're running a successful offense is you start seeing a lot of guys get opportunities when you're having those quick three and outs, you're not making long long drives you're not going to see a lot of production from those other guys that you, that you want to see it from. So I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with, with Nick Sirianni and, and the Eagles. And um, you know, a lot of talk about Jeff Stoutland, um, how the job he's done with that offensive line. I mean, you lose Landon Dickerson last minute coming into this game. It, you don't miss a beat. You go out there and run the ball down the Washington football team's throat, which I know everybody's talking about replacements, this replacements that, the Washington football team had the fifth-ranked rushing defense coming into that game. And they got – I mean, they, they got, got Allen and Montez Sweat and all back for that game. Yeah, they so. got those guys back, so I'm not trying to hear that. Like, well, the weren't the Saints the number one rushing defense when the Eagles ran it down their throats? Exactly, man. And it, it's an identity. It's something that they have found that can work. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great to see. So the next guy we obviously want to talk about is, is going to be Jalen Hurts, right? And this was – I, you know, I'm not going to call it his best game, but it, it, in my mind, I feel like it could be. I'm looking so back. You can to, say it because it is. I'm looking back to that Saints game from last year, but that was more of a, you know, just getting that W yeah. rather than than statistical uh, feats. Close to 300 passing yards. I mean, you look at the completions, 20 out of 26. One touchdown. The interception wasn't even his fault, so I'm not even discrediting him for that. 110.4 rating. That's got to be the highest of this season. Um, he had eight carries, 38 yards, two touchdowns. Now, the touchdowns, whatever, you, you give those wherever you can get them. It's good to get it in the end zone. That's what mm -hmm. it's all about. Um, distributing the ball, he got the ball to everybody. We saw him, you know, we came out with questions after that Jets game. Is is Goddard struggling to connect with Hurts? Is Goddard not, you know, developing into the top tight end that he should be because of Hurts? Hurts comes out, makes a focus to get the ball to Dallas Goddard. And I'm telling you, man, when you're live there, you see it the entire game. Dallas Goddard 
is so goddamn open all the time. It's the, it's the play to Rager when he kind of not flipped it, but the soft toss over the defender's yeah. head that Rager made for the first down. Yeah, Goddard was like yeah. wide open right below <laughs> uh, Rager, like throwing his hands up. And when he didn't throw it to Goddard, Goddard was like, and then Rager called it, and you saw Goddard start yeah. to cheer. But you could see that clear as day in the replay. <laughs> and and you know Goddard dropped two passes, yeah. which could have been huge gains, if not scores. In, in reality. And uh, we're seeing Goddard develop. But I, I thought it was beautiful to see that connection. We've seen the connection with Smith all year. I, I look for them to get Smith a little bit more involved in these coming weeks. If we are going to try to make a playoff run, we're going to need some activity from those wide receivers. But getting Jalen Reger involved, I think that's great. If he's going to be locked in as that wide receiver too, we need him to have production. And it, it's great to see him get involved. Um, what, what can we complain about Hurts with this game, right? But I think the other side of it is, you know, there's so many people coming out and saying franchise quarterback. And you watch my TikTok, huh? I, I did. I did watch your TikTok, and I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you because nobody's wrong yet. No, nobody's wrong yet. In reality, to go and take, right. these, take these laps, yeah, nobody's wrong and nobody's right in this situation yet because we still don't know. We had two polar opposite games, right? The New York Giants game. Three interceptions that were inexcusable, under 150 passing yards. Seven points against that defense. Seven points against one of the worst defenses in the, in the NFL. And then we have you come out against Washington football team and have your best game of your career, your professional career. So let's calm down on both. You know, I, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to steal your thunder. No, no, no. no. But, like, calm it's down. It's a conversation on I think ends. everyone should be having. It's can we meet somewhere in the, in the middle, right? It's, it's two extremes, Scotty. It's – it's talking politics with an extreme Democrat and extreme Republican and trying to get them to agree right now. That's it's, a good point. it's very difficult. And I, I lumped myself in it. That's why you can't like, no one can come at me for my comments yesterday saying like, you're a hater or you're wrong. I admitted like that. I'm part of the problem. I, I said I was yeah. wrong for some of my statements declaring Jalen Hurts not the like that he isn't going to be a franchise quarterback. I saw a step in the right direction in Tuesday night's game and I I take back my comments, right? I was wrong. Yeah. But just because he played extremely well in a win on Tuesday night doesn't, you know, you you see the other end of the things, right? The far yeah. right coming out, let's say, you know, Y'all are wrong. Y'all are haters. Y'all are crazy. That's yeah. my friend. You always say that's <laughs> my franchise quarterback. Shut up. Dude, we're Eagles fans, man. Right. Because he, and he, here's the best one: Hertz haters are quiet today. Really? Because Hertz stands were real quiet after the Giants game, right? So it's like stop being so extreme after a bad game and a good game. He, as of right now, um, like I said to Gint yesterday, if there is no play for a Russell Wilson esque, a Godford, you know, somehow an Aaron Rodgers esque, whatever. Yeah, looking at this draft class, unless one of the top two fell to the Eagles in a situation, I think Jalen Hurts is right now. I'm okay with him being the quarterback in 2022 and okay. and, and going from there. Um, but but yeah, let's talk about Tuesday night's game, Scotty, and what I saw. Right? Uh, yeah. You said I don't know if I should call it his best game. Call it what you see, and it was his best game. It was his biggest game of his career so far, and he showed up and he showed up in a big way after the worst game of his career. So that was very very nice to see from him. But I saw things I haven't seen from Jalen Hurts in this season so far, and that's what I like the most, Scotty. So he let plays develop on yeah. Tuesday night. 
He wasn't one read and get the hell out of there. He wasn't one read and force the ball. His mistakes were very, very limited. Yes, the first two drives were an abomination. You had the intercept, fluke interception off the heel, 7 nothing. He goes down, does protect the ball, fumble, 10 nothing. After that, hands wiped clean, no more mistakes. He was 20 for 26, right? He was accurate with passes farther than 10 yards down the field. Scotty, that, that was a number. Remember how many, the what was it, the Giants game and passes longer than 10 yards down the field. He was like one of 11 or something like yeah. that. He was very inaccurate down the field. He was accurate down the field. He used all sides of the field, yeah. left side, right side, middle of the field, Dallas yeah. Goddard territory, what you've been screaming for. He used that effectively on Tuesday night. And the final thing is he found ways to extend plays with his legs to create with his arm. So he didn't feel a little bit of pressure. The pocket didn't collapse. And he's like, I got to get the hell out of here. The legs are a nice secondary weapon. You can pick up a couple first downs with them, pick up chunk yardage here and there with them. I like it. But when he was able to navigate the pocket under pressure, move the pocket and deliver a strike down the field for a big player or a first down or positive yardage, That's something I haven't seen this year from Jalen Hurts, and that was the biggest thing. The Devontae Smith throw, he moved the pocket. The Jalen Rager throw where he flipped it over the defender, moved the pocket. The Greg Ward touchdown, moved the pocket, and he threw Greg Ward open because Greg Ward was not open. He threw him open for that touchdown pass. So, like you said, not a single thing you could complain about from this Jalen Hurts start. Biggest game of his career, best performance of his career. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, and and it goes to show the type of player that Jalen Hurts potentially can be and, you know, the the developing that can take place for him. I I think it is a positive sign regardless of what you think about Jalen Hurts coming into that game Um, just because you know. uh, That that was, like, my biggest thing coming into that game. You get, what, three weeks off? So you you lose to the Giants, you miss the game against the Jets, you get a bye week, and then you get some extra time in between the bye week and your next game on top of it with the game being postponed. Nothing but time to sit there and rest, heal up, obviously, mm-hmm. and watch film, study, and and see what you're missing out on the field. And that was the biggest thing for me because he looked like a guy that had been studying the last few weeks and said, I'm going to come out here and be 100% on point tonight. Right. And he he – for the most part was, you know, it to, to say the least. So I, I was very happy with uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, two guys I want to talk about. Um, obviously, I got the Goddard jersey on. Goddard, the last two games. I mean, we could even go back to when since Ertz has been traded. Uh, but the last two games specifically, Goddard, 15 targets, 13 receptions, 240 yards, two touchdowns, 18.4 yards per catch. That's absolutely ridiculous, and a lot of it is after the catch, you know, running after the catch. Um, The other guy that I wanted to point to specifically is Miles Sanders, which we've been begging for it. We've been begging for it all year. I'm still begging for him to get a touchdown. Like, reward this, man. I know, bro. Like, two sneaks. I was like, that's dope, but, like, you could have gave Miles. I would have gave Miles the ball four times. I like, would have, man. I would in the end zone, won the four times. He deserves it. He's the only. He's the only running back on the team, including Jalen Hurts, that doesn't have a touchdown that has actually gotten a, a you know a qualifying snaps and carries. So get this guy in the end zone within the next couple of games, man. He cannot go into the play sure. if they make the playoffs with zero touchdowns. But 
I'm looking at him over these last two games, 42 carries, 251 yards, 6.15 yards per carry. Absolutely ridiculous. And all that points to is, is to continue giving him the ball. As long as he can stay healthy. So he's on the injury report with a quad injury. Oh, man. So that, that was a little concerning because I thought it was an ankle injury last time. It could just be them, you know, giving him rest this week. I'm hoping. <laughs> but, yes, it, I've, it's not been made a big deal of, so I'm assuming it's yeah. that. I'm, I'm assuming that is so, what you said. So. so to touch on them too quickly before we move on, you're 100% yeah. right. They are the two guys that stick out, not just only in the box score, but had the biggest effect offensively for this game. Yeah. Uh, both with career days, career high in yardage. Um, I, again, I, I'm going to give credit to Jalen Hurts. I'm also going to go back and give credit to, J- to Nick Sirianni, yeah. Scotty, because after the Jets game, we were sitting here like, it's not a coincidence that Dallas Goddard has a career day for yardage and two touchdowns with a different quarterback. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong. What, what is it now? It, like, yeah. What was it now? So, I, again, yeah. I think they finally started to figure out how to use these guys. I don't know why or how it took 15 weeks. Um, but hey, you, your ship's still floating and yeah. you're you figured it out. You play the Giants this week. Um, Dallas Goddard should have another big day. Yeah. And to revert back to Jalen Hurts to close up this segment, I think that was a great step one. If you want to put this side that I was on before of doubting you. You gotta you, you gotta pile up yeah. impressive performances. Go out there and beat that team that you could right. only put you're, seven you're, points. You're on. at home, divisional opponent, playoff spot on the line against Jake Fromm and the New York Giants. Go impress me again. Yeah. And I know we're gonna talk about it Sunday, but go impress me again. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. One hundred percent agree with you. And uh one other thing, how about Slay getting an offensive snap? That was pretty interesting to see. He he's the man, dude. He is, like, dude. He really and is, he did man. it real fast, too. The the motion, he yeah. fast, man. <laughs> I love when like someone tweets at him and says like like another player in the NFL like tweets at him and say, "Damn, they got slay on offense." And he like quote tweets it after the game. He's like, "You see me?" He's like, he just seems like just like a cat, like a funny dude, like yeah, a character. funny as hell, man. Um, they, they are they are awesome. They're like becoming a power couple in yeah. this city, dude. On social media, on yeah. Twitter. Uh, and they're awesome. So shout out to Jen Slay and Darius Slay. Definitely. And uh, how about Fletcher Cox with the two sacks getting on the board? Hey, man, listen, I, I said this yesterday. I think Dave Zangaro had tweeted it out, but it's the truth. Another guy that I doubted earlier in the season, and again, you can't just show up one night and expect me to just start being all in on you again. But if the Eagles can get December Fletcher Cox for the remaining three games, that's everything. Yeah. That's everything when you have Javon Hargrave, who's played at an elite level for a majority of the season. And, you know, the defensive line starting to figure things out. The linebackers aren't a question anymore. So what were your thoughts on the defense? Thing? Exactly. This is my point. We just spent 28 minutes recapping this Eagles game, and we didn't even have to talk about the defense. You know, yes, that, that's a good thing. That means you didn't F up anything. So shout out to shout out to the entire defense. Um, does Gannon still frustrate me? Yeah, um, but the defense is slowly, you know, getting better. Now again, you played the third string Washington football team quarterback. You played the New York Jets. I, I'm going to need to keep seeing it before I'm like, okay, this defense is actually formidable. But they look pretty good right now. 
I can't hear you. Sorry, my bad. My dog was barking, so I muted myself. I forgot. Um, but no, I, I agree. There's not much to complain about. They did what they needed to do in this game. Um, I just hope to see them continue to get more and more pressure on the quarterback as we go throughout the rest of this season. But for sure, um, probably a, a good time to go ahead and segue into the next topic, which was just going to be a little bit of focus on Eagles Pro Bowl selections. Um, any any guys that you may have thought that got snubbed. Um, me specifically, I think the obvious one is Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Uh, he's he's especially been a when top. you look when someone had compared his numbers to Kenny Clark. Yeah, to, it, to yeah. Kenny Clark's numbers, and they just they're not even. It's not even close on the same level. Yeah, so he's close. definitely he could definitely be considered a snub. A snub. Um, outside of that, no. Yeah, you know I mean? this team's been very inconsistent, up and down. Obviously, like Dallas Goddard looks like a freak now. Yeah, he was silent for eighty-five percent of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Devontae, not Devontae Smith wasn't a Pro Bowler. Obviously, none of the other uh, yeah. players were. So. The only ones that would be argued, and I would have to really dig into the numbers, would be some of the offensive line guys. Aside from Jason Kelsey, yeah, I don't know what Lane, Lane Johnson looks missed, like. Yeah, but he Lane missed, missed about a month of football. Mylotta, he's looked. He's looked in some yeah. games, you know. So I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very high on my lot of, but he has looked a mm-hmm. little overwhelmed at times. So he'll get better, but yeah, just not, not this year, right? Like yeah. I, I don't have any other bones to pick aside from Hargrave, which was an obvious one. People were talking about Jake Elliott. He's having a great season. I'm not. I'm just not going to sit here and like argue with people about kickers. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? Like, what about our long snapper? <laughs> like I don't. Uh, Good. I'm sorry, Jake. Uh, you know, I maybe you should have, maybe you shouldn't have. I I can't really say. I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. But um, Jason Kelsey, Darius Slay, well deserved, right? Congratulations to them. Yeah, I got um, no bones to pick. Yeah, no no bones to pick with the Pro Bowls. Um, alternatives: Jalen Hurts selected as an alternative. Goddard, Hargrave, Elliott, Sean Bradley, and Josh Sweat. We'll see how it all works out. <laughs> It'd be crazy if this dude Jalen Hurts makes a Pro Bowl. But oh, that's man. for a, a you, talk, you talk about the, the far right, uh, the far <laughs> left, whatever side we're calling them. You want to talk about them, you know, uh, tapping, patting themselves on the back. Oh, my goodness. And Twitter, then uh, Twitter would be a hard day that day. Some some notable uh, snubs across the league. Uh, some people had some things to say about Joe Burrow. I've seen that float around. Uh, Matthew Stafford is a big one that missed out on the NFC side. Um, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Derek Henry didn't get voted in, which was kind of surprising considering he still had a great season. Um, and then Chris Godwin and Cordero Patterson were some of the other uh, offensive names there that were notable snubs. But, you know, it, there's so much great talent in the league. I, I mean, go on, go go look at the Pro Bowl roster and tell us who you're going to take off. You that, know? Thank you. That's, that's that like the, the main thing. thing Listen, guys, if you want to tell me someone got snubbed, that's fine. Maybe they did. Tell me who they should make it over. Javon Hargrave, exactly. we said he should have made it over Kenny Clark. Bang. That's done deal. Right. Exactly. But you can't just say this guy, this guy, and this guy should be a Pro Bowl. Okay. <laughs> well, who are they more deserving then? Exactly. But I'll tell you why. I, I haven't even I don't even know the whole roster, Scotty. I don't even yeah. know who, who really made it. You know why? Because it's the worst all-star game yeah. of the of the major sports. I don't watch it. I don't care to watch it. It means nothing. Yeah. It's horrible. 
it's not serious. So I agree. Um, I don't watch it either. So I, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the playoff picture and just get an update across the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. we can start with the NFC. Obviously, as Eagles fans, as Eagles uh, podcasters, we are fully focused on the Eagles and their playoff scene. So starting out in the NFC, I'm just going to kind of list out the teams that are already in the playoff picture. Um, so we're looking at Green Bay, number one seed, obviously, 11 and three. Um, we're looking at Dallas, number two seed right now at 10 and four. Tampa Bay is sitting at the number three seed at 10 and four. Um, Arizona is sitting at the number four seed at 10 and four. Number five seed is the LA Rams at 10 and four. San Fran, eight and six at the sixth seed. And Minnesota, seven and seven at the seventh seed. Obviously, the teams in the hunt, Philadelphia and New Orleans are the more realistic ones. People will still tell you that Washington football team and Atlanta are still in the running, but. I think it, it's going to be between Philadelphia, New Orleans, and Minnesota um, mm-hmm. for that last that last spot. And Philly, obviously, if they have the same record as New Orleans, they should get that tiebreaker since they beat them. But uh, as we look at this NFC picture as it's shaping up, and I just want to throw out there the Minnesota Vikings play the L.A. Rams, the Green Bay Packers, and the Chicago Bears to finish nice. out the season. Isn't Dalvin so, Cook on the COVID list now? Dalvin Cook is on the COVID list against the LA Rams yeah. this weekend, and no. he's unvaccinated, so he has to stay out. Oh, guess what? Move aside, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Very me. exciting. Um, hey, excuse I, to me. Because you look at Green Bay, and Green Bay needs to win that game. That's a divisional game. Um, and Minnesota's already beaten them. So I'm I'm very confident that Green Bay is going to go in there looking to win against Minnesota, regardless of the record. Um, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out, man. But um, do you think who do, who do you think has the best opportunity there? It, it, like without being biased, I feel like it has to be the Eagles when you're looking at the rest of their schedule. Mm-hmm. Talking about Dallas, I know Dallas is week uh, 18 now. I think it is Dallas week 18. Will they need to play their starters? Will they want to risk Dak? Will they want to risk Zeke, who's been battling injuries? Uh, Tony Pollard's even been battling injuries lately. Um, so how many of their starters are going to play in that week uh, 18 game against the Eagles in Philadelphia, um, which could be what decides the Eagles making the playoff? Yeah, I mean, listen, that all depends on if Dallas has the two seed wrapped up by then. Yeah. Um, by the way, we hold the tiebreaker over New Orleans, correct? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was hearing like they were lumping New Orleans and Minnesota together as saying like even if the Eagles went out, they need some help. And I'm like, we beat the brakes off New Orleans and we have the same record. So pretty sure we hold the tiebreaker over there. Yeah. And let's uh, say I got the rules confused. Issue right. is I think the Eagles need to win out to make the playoffs. Yeah. Because if not, I think New Orleans does. Uh New Orleans gets Miami on Monday night. Um, which I know Miami has looked better, but it's in New Orleans. Um, they're coming off a huge, but that like that game killed us. Like if they lost to the Bucks, I'd say the Eagles. I know the fact that we're still both seven and seven. Like you said, you threw the Eagles should win. The, the Eagles better win. Yeah, they win, better right? win the Giants. Then you have the Cowboys, or no? Then you have then you have Washington again. Um, which you know in Washington, you know they're, they're they'll be fully back. So. If they're still fighting for a playoff spot at that point, let's say they win next week and they still have a chance, that's not going to be an easy game. But let's say the yeah. Eagles win that. The Dallas game could be a deciding factor. But when you look at New Orleans, Miami, home against Carolina, 
at Atlanta, if Atlanta's out, I mean, I know Atlanta's going to want to play spoiler, even if they're out of it for that for their division rival. But it just seems to me like New Orleans, even though Taysom Hill is not a pro quarterback, I still think they finished. They may not play this. Unless I do know. Actually, I should rescind my comment a little bit because I saw before we went live they got killed with COVID today. Yeah, Taysom Hill is so, out with COVID. Right. So and maybe, they, maybe they lose to Miami. Maybe they lose to Miami, and okay. and I'm talking differently. Uh, come next week for Turk Talk, but okay. if if all goes well, I think New Orleans has the best chance. If not, I say the Eagles. And the thing is, you know, with Washington football team, as far as them, you know, getting back into the playoff hunt, if they win this game this week against Dallas, then, yeah, it's going to tighten it all up for, right, for us, right? Because then they play up again. Yeah, because then we play Washington football team the following week. They can get right back into it by beating us. And then, boom, Dallas has another loss on their record from Washington football team, so they got to play right. their starters week 18. So, so this is another week to root for the Cowboys. Things could get tight. It could get tight, man. It's already tight, right? But uh, moving on to the the AFC playoff picture, Thanks so good. we're looking at uh, a bunch of teams still in the in the mix there. But the uh, ones that are actually in the playoffs right now, Kansas City is sitting at the number one seed at ten and four. Um, New England is sitting at the two seed at nine and five. Tennessee nine and five at three. Cincinnati sitting at the four seed. They lead their division at eight and six. Huge game coming up against Baltimore. Um, Indianapolis is at the five seed now at eight and six. They're on fire. Um, the LA Chargers are at the six seed at eight and six, and then Buffalo at the seven seed at eight and six. That's getting super tight. Just still, I'm not going to list their records, but the teams that are in the hunt: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Miami, Cleveland, Denver, all really in the mix. They all have a record of at least seven and seven. So just to kind of paint a picture there. Um, Baltimore obviously is battling injuries. What what are what are you feeling as far as movement in the AFC? Do you even have like a clue? You know what I mean? Like, is it is it even predictable at this point with so many teams in the mix? I wanted to say Cleveland was beginning to get scary, and then COVID comes and kills them. Game yep. postponed. They lose by a last second field goal to Vegas and Derek Carr. Um, so I feel like their chances dwindled a little bit. Obviously, I know they're only a game out of leading their division and becoming a top four seed. But when you look at that seven seed right now on Buffalo, you want to talk about a disappointing season. Like, I know eight and six, not a bad record, but this team was like AFC favorites, Super Bowl contention, Josh Allen MVP year. And it's just not the case right now. Um, so that's definitely. And they're looking at a. That. They're looking at a borderline must-win game this weekend against New England in New England. They're going to be playing oh, at Gillette they lose, If they lose, they're definitely not winning their division. Right. And then you, you could be out of a playoff spot with two games to go and then need right. help. So this is New an England, absolute must-win. for. If Buffalo. New England beats Buffalo, they got Jacksonville after that and then Miami. I mean, you they, they hold the cards at that point if Buffalo loses this but game. If Buffalo so. loses, they have no chance to win their division. I'm saying it now. Yeah, yeah none. None. If if they lose, they could find themselves out of the seven seed with two games left, and then need help from other teams yep. to get in. That is a disappointment of a season for the Buffalo Bills. As far as who could who could get in, that's in the hunt, dude. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the first team on the list in in Baltimore comes to mind, but I don't know. You're gonna learn a lot yeah. about Lamar Jackson. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they, they have a huge game in Cincinnati. So, I mean, you're looking at that game, both teams eight and six. 
Cincinnati would have a 2-0 record against the Baltimore Ravens. That would really, really separate the Bengals in that division. Uh And then after Baltimore, it it sucks for the Bengals because after Baltimore, they do have Kansas City. Now, the thing about Kansas City this weekend, they play Pittsburgh, which they could put a a nail in Pittsburgh, but they may be without Tyreek Hill. They may be without Travis Kelsey. Scotty, something I don't think – we haven't discussed it yet, talking about the AFC picture, but – I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Why is Baltimore in this scenario that they're in, finding themselves on the outside looking in? We talked about the Pittsburgh game a few weeks ago when John Harbaugh decides to go for it on, for the two-point yeah. conversion. They lose that game. Now I know you, you're in Green Bay. You got COVID hitting. You, you got injuries. You know, you got – what's his name? Tyler Hunt, Huntley. Yeah, Huntley. Um, starting. Why would you go for two again? Scotty, what, look, why would you go for two again? Because guess what? That's two. I'm not saying you definitely win either of those games, but you could have. Yeah. You would have had 10 more minutes to try to win that game. Instead, I know for a fact you have two more losses than you would on the other side of things. That's why you're on the outside looking in and no one's talking about it. Three in a row they've lost. Two of them being in that scenario, and that's that's really crazy. You didn't learn your lesson the first, and again, you have the best kicker in the world. So don't even don't <laughs> even act like it's because you didn't trust your kicker. Maybe in NFL injuries. history, like. So again, if you like, you want to, I get it. Pittsburgh had the momentum; they dominated you in the fourth quarter. You wanted to end it right then and there. You didn't. Green Bay, you got the backup in. He just let what would have been a game-tying drive on the road in Lambeau to put up thir- over 30 points. You couldn't tr- You couldn't just say, you know what, let's take a chance in overtime. Like, this is a win regardless for us. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I don't get give it. Give him a chance. Like, I, I get it. You technically gave him a chance because he had to get two yards, but that's <laughs> it. You don't get that game over. Yeah, I, I I do not get it. I don't I don't get the incompetency, you know, with the analytics, right? Like going for the win. I'm I'm not sure that that points to them taking two, going for two there. So I'm I didn't really understand it. I guess when you look at the opposite side, it's like, oh, if Aaron Rodgers gets the ball, but you got to trust you your defense at some point. You're like, yeah, what if you get the ball? Like we, what, you've already put thirty points. Why wouldn't you be able to go and score if you get the ball? So. I don't know what's going on there. They put themselves in quite a situation now where they're going to go on the road against Cincinnati. It's going to be a must-win scenario. Cincinnati is hungry. They got these young guys in Joe Burrow. They got a ton of talent surrounding him. And these guys are hungry. They want to make the playoffs. What's that look like in Joe Burrow's second season? He leads the Bengals to the playoffs in that division. That's I think a lot. I know we didn't, we're not predicting, um, but I do think the Bengals finish first in that division. I do too. I do too. They they look like the better team. They the got way, a better defense. Pretty sure we both of us had Cincinnati third or fourth in the NFC North. I think I'd have to go back and watch our our shows from the summer. So far in the in the eight divisions, I'm pretty. Me and you are pretty spot on with how it's how things have played out, order yeah. everything like that. That division, no, we did yeah. not have Cincinnati winning it. We didn't have Cincinnati making the playoffs. Yeah. Absolutely not. I was not sure, you know, how Joe Burrow was going to look after that injury. Yeah, I think before we move on, the last thing that sticks out to me in the AFC and one through seven is who that number one seed is. I said, how many weeks ago now was it when they were starting to come to form? (laughs) And I said, yo, they could legitimately win out if they beat this team and this team. 
Well, they beat in Dallas, and then they beat the Raiders in Vegas, and it's like this team's going to win out. Or they just beat the Chargers, excuse me, in, yeah. in L.A. They're going to win out. So you're looking at 13-4 and four? when they were – hold on. When they were what? Three and four? You realize that? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And we wrote them off. I did it too. Wrote them off. Patrick Mahomes doesn't look right. He he you know, he's throwing a lot of interceptions. Defense. His defense stinks. Defense doesn't look so bad anymore, does it? No, not no. at all. <laughs> Thirteen we'll see, and man. four. Possibly. It's insane. When they it, were three and four. The only thing that may hold them back is literally COVID. That's the only thing that, that could be. Well, yeah. yeah. Now Hill, Buckert, uh, Kelsey, they are all on that list. Yeah. Um, and do they play Saturday or Sunday? Who plays? No. I'm not 100% sure, but oh, yeah. as long as they're vaccinated, there's a there's still a chance they could play, which given the NFL and the way they maneuver no. things. I'm, I'm, By I mean, the way. Two very good games that we could predict before we get off tonight on Christmas Day. Cleveland in Green Bay, and then Carson Wentz and the Colts in the desert against the Cardinals. Mm. So we're going to be sprinkling some money on Christmas Day. You feel me? <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Those are those are great games. So we'll have to do those at the end whenever we do our yeah. Thursday night football prediction. Um, next topic, man, the MVP race, right? And – can a non-QB win the MVP in today's NFL? It, it It's not very common ever in the NFL. Um, as we look at our – Look at this. Top tier. Look at this little power. There we go. <laughs> as, we, as we look at our candidates here – we, we, we see two guys that aren't QBs on this on this uh, yes. display here. So we're looking at Jonathan Taylor and we're looking at Cooper Cup. Um, the crazy thing about Cooper Cup is you, we've also got Matthew Stafford right up there as well. Now, obviously, there's a couple couple other guys that we also think are still in the mix. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Um, who else? I think we, we talked about Justin Herbert. It's it's like with Justin Herbert, he's having a great season. But if he should win it, then Patrick yeah. Mahomes should win it, right? I mean, Kyler was at the he's top the of this list before. I, I, Kyler's probably in the conversation, but he's definitely dropped down. He's dropped, yeah. Just with their, he, if he could finish the season out strong, he could get he could get back mm -hmm. into it. It's just been uh, how he's kind of slowed down and how Arizona's slowed down recently. But um, as we look at you know Jonathan Taylor. 270 carries this year, uh, 1,518 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns, and 5.6 yards per carry. He also has 36 receptions, 336 yards, and two receiving touchdowns as well. So 19 uh, touchdowns total and close to 1,900 yards total. If we look back to the last, uh, you know, non-QB to win the MVP, which, you know, we talked about it earlier. Sean Alexander, I believe he was in 2005. Adrian yeah. Peterson won MVP in 2012. When I okay. Um, so when Adrian Peterson won the MVP. By the way, the most dominant running back I've ever watched. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I got his stats written down right here. So he had 348 carries that year. Oh my god. 2097 rushing yards, but only 12 rushing TDs. Now, when you look at those numbers in comparison to what Jonathan Taylor could end up with, if he if he keeps the pace, right? Like he could very well end up over 2000 
uh, rushing yards, already has more touchdowns. Now, I guess what we what we have to look at would also be team performance um, and then contribution to the team itself. So when I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, you know, you're looking at those stats side by side. Who who do you give the MVP to? You know what I mean? Like, I it's, it's hard to go away from a quarterback, though, because how can you say that Jonathan Taylor, you know, on the Colts with an eight and six record is more important to that team than, say, Aaron Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers, who are right. 11 and three? Right. It's hard to equate that. It, even it's definitely hard to equate it. So I'm wondering your thoughts on, on just that whole situation. And then even looking at Cooper Cup, who has what? 1,625 yards, 122 receptions, 14 TDs compared to Stafford, who's the guy feeding him the ball. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, A, I want to have a conversation about Matthew Stafford in a minute, too, because he's going to be the guy throwing the ball for the two most prolific receiving uh, years in the NFL history with Megatron and now Cooper Cup. How much credit does he get for that? Right? No one talks about that. Yeah, that's Um, interesting. That's an interesting point. If you're looking at AP's numbers the year he won it compared to Jonathan Taylor's numbers this year, Jonathan Taylor's numbers blow him out of the water, in my opinion. I know he rushed for over 2,000 yards, but Jonathan Taylor is most definitely, with three games left, obviously two games in a normal season left, is going to eclipse over 2,000 total yards. He's going to eclipse 20-plus touchdowns. 20-plus total touchdowns. He might run for 20 touchdowns, Scotty. Okay? He's the most important player on um on the Indianapolis Colts. They are overly, you know, don't get me wrong, I thought the Colts were a playoff team when Wentz went there, but he is the the main contributor. He is he is what makes yeah. that offense go. He's what makes that team go. And if they finish, you know, 10 and 7, 11 and 6 this year, he's the biggest reason why. But I hear your point. Are we comparing the you know, wild card rating Colts most important player to the best record in all of the National Football League and and Aaron Rodgers when quarterback I think I think what the issue is is quarterback is the most important position in all of professional sports. They have the most effect on a game, on the yeah. outcome of a game. So it's hard to go against that. If we're talking Cooper Cup, fantastic season. Unbelievable season. Historical season it might be. Yeah. If we're being honest, he's on the outside looking in on this conversation. Cooper yeah. Cup, to me, has a .001% chance of winning the NFL MVP. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, I think, definitely has a chance. I just don't – I don't know, man. Maybe it's it's a popular vote this year. Maybe because ESPN's talking about it and it's getting recognition. Yeah. You know, that Rodgers and Brady, instead, they're all having good, really good years, but there's nothing like – like last year, the years that Russ and Rodgers had last year – were unprecedented. They were you. You knew one of those two were winning the MVP, right? Yeah. Are they doing anything crazier than what Jonathan Taylor is doing on the ground this year? Probably not. So I think he's yeah. the one that has the best argument to win it. My question to you, obviously, we didn't do the research, but with the year that AP won it, I want to know what the quarterbacks in the league's numbers look like. Right? Was there right. was there anybody that was right? Was Aaron was was Aaron Rodgers was there someone like Aaron Rodgers doing what he's doing this year when AP won it? Right? Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's definitely it's interesting. funny. You know, I I looked back just for historic pur- purposes. You know, on 2011, which was the year 
where everybody, you know, thought that Calvin Johnson, Megatron would have a chance at winning the MVP. Um, he was up over 1,600 receiving yards. They were in the playoff talk. I think they had like a 10-6 and six record, um, which that never happens for Detroit, by the way. But um, he didn't win MVP that year. That was 2011. It was actually Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he was uh, 4,643 yards, 45 touchdowns, and six interceptions that season. So. 14 and one record as well, by the way. So that's deserving and incredible. So you, you do have to look, you know, across the board when you look at Derrick Henry last year, which is another comparable running back season to Jonathan Taylor, you know, 378 carries, 2027 yards, 17 touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, once again, 70% plus completion percentage, 4,300 yards, 48. Yeah, I don't know. A likes to. Likes to spoil these uh, skill <laughs> positions years, so. And you know, his, but when you look at it in a historic perspective, that's what it took Aaron Rodgers to do in the field in order to win those MVP right. races. This year, you know, three thousand four hundred eighty-seven yards, thirty-six touch or no, thirty touchdowns. Excuse me, four interceptions. So it's still great numbers. Don't get me wrong; still MVP caliber numbers, but. A little bit more down to earth uh, for Aaron Rodgers MVP standard. So I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like that the MVP is a regular season award. Now I agree with that. Seems pretty effing funny that I'm wearing an MV3 shirt and we were all rooting <laughs> and cheering for Bryce to win it, and the Phillies didn't make the postseason. So we would have been pretty pissed off if he didn't win it, right? But when you look at football, all these guys are going to be in the postseason. Yeah. Okay. Well. If what if Jonathan Taylor and the Colts go one and done and Jonathan Taylor rushes for 62 yards and doesn't get in the end zone and Aaron Rodgers leads the Packers to an NFC championship or a Super Bowl appearance? Yeah. Who's with the, you know, really impressive season side by side. One elevates them in the postseason. But again, the issue, Scotty, is the quarterback has that control. The running back doesn't. Yeah. So I don't know. I think Jonathan Taylor definitely has a case. I think popular opinion could uh, play a role in him getting votes this year. Like, I just yeah. think like there's a lot of eyes on it and it's the not like a running backs never won it. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like he'd be the first to do it. They've won it before and his numbers are better than those numbers by a, by a lot. The only thing that concerns me is just Derrick Henry, you know, not getting it last year, you know, but once well, again, Rod- that's Aaron Rodgers' so, incredible season. Yeah. So it, it's a lot. Don't it's hard to measure Green, from season Green to season. Bay's record is Again, really good top of the league. But Rodgers' numbers and all aren't what they were last year, I don't believe. Right, right. No, you're no, you're correct. And that's that may be the difference. But as we look down, you know, we'll see Brady. He's got 36 touchdowns, so he's going to get over that 40 touchdown mark. Um, Stafford's at 35 touchdowns. He'll get over 40. It's going to be an interesting race. Uh, Mahomes is sitting there with 30 touchdowns right now. So, there's a lot of guys in the conversation. I do think top two right now, or top three. I would I would have to bring it to the top three, and I'd probably go Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, um, just off the top of my head. Yeah, it's an interesting. Conference. I don't know. Someone on someone not on this list might have something to say about that. Who you got? Patty Mahomes might have something to say about <laughs> that. <bro. laughs> hey, I I, I got you. I, I feel you. It's just on a scale of Patrick Mahomes' eliteness, 
I don't think this is the year when he's not – he doesn't have better numbers than those guys. I just don't think it's the year I give it to him. But best record in the AFC, so it is well, – do, do you have his numbers available or no? Um, I do, yeah. So What's he has – numbers as of today? He has uh, 4,052 yards, 30 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. How many touchdowns? 13 – or 30. Okay. So what makes Aaron Rodgers if, stand out is the four interceptions – what if Patrick Mahomes finishes the Chiefs finish the year thirteen and four after being three and four? He throws for over 45, 45 to five thousand forty five hundred five thousand yards and throws thirty six to thirty eight touchdowns. And his team won ten straight to be the number one team in the AFC. Hey, it, it <laughs> I mean, bro. It depends what everybody else does too, though. You know, the the Packers. I feel you. I'm just saying. If they went out, you know, if it, it depends. So if Brady wins out, if Stafford and, and the Rams went out, it's it's hard to say right now. So Mahomes definitely has a, a a bone to pick, right? Like he's in the combo. He's got a gripe right now, bro. But uh, as we move on, we'll get into the next topic. We'll be finishing up here shortly. Um, just really quick, want to get the updated power rankings. So uh, top five teams in the league under our beliefs right now. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go ahead and start the list. I'll start at five and we can just work our way up. So coming in at number five on this list, I do have the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which they have moved up a little bit on my on my rankings. Not an overly impressive win about the, the over the Giants, uh, 21 to six, but their defense, I think, is the important part. And the defense showed up against the Giants. The defense has showed up, you know, mostly this year. For uh, they've been pretty good. Um, the concern has been their offense. They they've been struggling to run the ball. They've been struggling to get the ball to their playmakers like C.D. Lamb, uh, Mari Cooper. But the offense would be the least of my worries if I'm Dallas. the The defense is what has been their struggle over recently recent years, and they're at the top of the NFC right now, number two seed. So we'll see how it finishes out. Who you got at number five? So before I give you my number five, <laughs> the Dallas hater that I am, I do have to just have a quick conversation. So again, they're the number two seed in the NFC. They're 10 and four. They're going to win this division. They're going to finish probably a top three seed in the NFC. Don't get me wrong. Very good year. Um, and maybe the offense turns it right back around. But there is no doubt that the Cowboys offense is struggling to put points up right now. And it's struggling yeah. to move the ball at times. Uh, I, have a, I had someone nonstop harassment type level in my mentions, in my DMs, trying to make me make bets, right? And, you know, you know what? I'm not going to put up thousands of dollars like he wanted to. Yeah. For, he, he, was, he basically wanted to be the sports book. He wanted to give me sports book odds instead of me saying no. And him, You know what I mean? Like a, a man-to-man yeah. bet is you pick yes, I pick no. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. You're not going to give me sports book odds and I'm going to bet with you no. Like what, dude? Whatever. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. Uh, I'm talking about Vin, by the way, so I'm not just – so he doesn't come on and say, yeah, Vin, it's you. Um, here's the thing. What more does Dak Prescott need? <laughs> Listen, they're 10 and 4. I don't know what's going on number with two seed. But I thought he was going to be MVP. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the bounce back player in the NFL, right? He's got a very, very good offensive line. He's got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in his backfield. He's got C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, 
and Michael Gallup. Now, I know they've battled injuries throughout the year. Gallup was out a little bit. Cooper's spent time out, right? I get all that. Blake Jarwin, uh, Dalton Schultz, no slouches. And his defense, which was the problem in previous years, yep. is now elevated itself to a pretty damn strong unit and forces a lot of turnovers. Two possible, two possible defensive player of the year candidates and yeah. the rookie defensive player of the year. And you're struggling right now. Just a little fun. I just had I just had to get that out there because what what more do you need, bro? I feel you. The whole my God. We'll you see how he finishes out the, the season, ass. man. You have weapons out the ass with a top 10, 8, 5 offensive line unit. And you're struggling? Okay, whatever. My number five is the Arizona Cardinals. I know as of right now, they, they are at their lowest point of the season. <laughs> they they are Ben Simmons, you know, value right now. Like this is their lowest stock, right? Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins goes out for the year. They're still 10 and 4. They're in the conversation for the number two seed. When I look at that roster top to bottom, they're coming off a loss to the to the Detroit Lions. By the way, shout out my boy Craig Reynolds, Kutztown alum, for running wild all over the Cardinals over the weekend. <laughs> Did cost me money though, Craig. So F off a little bit. I still think the Cardinals are a top team in the NFC. Still think they can make some noise in the postseason. So I think they're number five team in the league. Okay. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. I obviously moved them out of my top five. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I had them as my lock last week, and they blew a game to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, so that's, tough. that's a tough go of it. No way in hell they're getting in my top yeah. five this week. My number four, I got Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, they took the L to New Orleans, 9-0, to failed to put up any points against New Orleans. It's concerning. It, it definitely is. But who else would you rather have leading your team right now than the GOAT, Tom Brady? I'm not going to you know, jump. I'm not going to become desperate about this team. I still think they're at the top of the NFC as far as their class and their, their skill sets. Um, guys have to step up. Gronk has to step up. Ronald Jones, a guy that's kind of disappeared since Fournette has taken over, he's got to step up. Antonio Brown, if they decide to let him come back, he's got to step up. So these other guys got to step up, make plays for Brady. Brady will put them in positions to win. I'm not overreacting too much about that loss to New Orleans. Um, Tampa Bay at number four for me. Let's don't get me wrong. The injuries are definitely scary. Chris Godwin, who was Brady's, I'd say, favorite receiver, targeted him all the time, Uh, done for the year. Mike Evans going to miss. Fournette might hit the IR they're talking about. Yeah. Um, they got injuries out the ass offensively from that loss as well. I got the Bucks at number four though too. It's <laughs> it's it's Scotty Miller season. Hell yeah. He's been asleep all season. It's it's time. Kind of wake up, Scotty, but I'll yeah, I got the Bucks with you too. I like it. I like it. So number three, I actually had a team make a big jump back into the top five. They have reinstilled my belief in them, and I got the LA Rams. Um, they beat the Seattle Seahawks 20 to 10. Obviously, they were a little beat up yeah. with COVID. Um, but the Rams, they, they're coming off. They're getting right at the right time. Cooper Cup seems to be like this automatic token to like a touchdown or two, 100 receiving yards. And uh, Matthew Stafford's cleaned up his play a good bit as well. So I'm looking at the Rams. They're looking like a, a very tough team right now. I got the Rams. <laughs> Great minds think of Who sure life. wanted to, Scotty? Because I promise we probably had the same. Um, then, guys, we don't share yeah. before, so I got Kansas City number two and I got Green Bay number one. So if well, that's what you got, then we're, we're the <laughs> you favorite, just man. give the reasons why for both of us because that is my <laughs> list as well. Um I'm looking at Green Bay. I had them number one last week, which I, I, I know you did as well. Yeah. 
Um, they're just taking care of business. I know it was a little bit of a scary game against Baltimore when it's Tyler Huntley, but it's still an athletic quarterback. He still can run that Lamar Jackson-esque offense to put up those type of numbers, and it's still based around a QB running. He's an athletic quarterback, so I'm not too shook by that. I think Green Bay is still playing well. Their defense has looked good for the most part this season. And Aaron Rodgers, we've already talked about it. He's at an MVP level to in some in some extent. Um, and they have they have playmakers at every level at an elite level, right? So you have Devontae Adams at wide receiver, Robert Tunyon at tight end, you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon at the running back. And uh you're seeing guys like uh Valdez Scantling, Lazard, they're starting to get back in the mix over these last few games. Love Green Bay. Um, you spoke about Kansas City all night tonight. Patrick Mahomes, the winning streak that they've been on, their defensive presence, they've turned it around. Three, 360 turnaround, right? 360 turnaround for Kansas City. And they just took care of the L.A. Chargers, right? So that was going to be a huge test for them. They split the season series, and now they're at the top of the AFC right now with the best record. So they had to be number two for me. Well done. <laughs> there we go guys we do, not, we do not discuss it before i mean I, I put my power rankings on twitter but we don't discuss these oh yeah i didn't even look at them I swear yeah, to I, I know i know you've been at work you've been shopping all day yeah. so it's just it's just great minds think alike and and i think these teams are playing very well i think it's very clear once you get in I, that I top four you, is pretty solidified right that top four is pretty solidified there so uh We'll end up the show a little bit of a Titans versus 49ers preview. Um, we'll also, you know, just give predictions for those two Christmas games you mentioned as well. Um, so we're looking at San Fran versus Tennessee tonight. San Fran's a three-point favorite. It is in Tennessee, I believe. Um, San Fran's eight and six. Tennessee's nine and five right now. I would say it's a must-win for both both teams. You got the Colts right on the Titans' back, right on their tail. If Tennessee drops this game, they fall to nine and six, and the Titans could or the Colts could eventually win this game this week. Um, I believe they play Arizona. Yeah. Um, so if they win that game, they would move to nine and six. They would have the same record. Tennessee would still hold uh, the number one spot in that division, but obviously it just tightens it up and, and a ton of pressure on Tennessee without Derrick Henry and a, and a few other weapons. So um, we got 49ers have won five of the last six. Uh, Tennessee does have the second-ranked run defense. Tennessee's fourth in rushing. San Fran's seventh in rushing. Um, and then the only other thing that I was going to say as far as, uh, you know, Tennessee, they do get A.J. Brown back tonight, and they also have Julio. Uh, no, I said Julio. Julio Jones. I mixed his first name with his Julio. last name. <laughs> they got Julio Jones back full healthy. He wasn't on the injury list this week, so. Uh, any thoughts coming into this game? Obviously, it has major uh, playoff implications. For sure. Um, getting A.J. Brown back is huge. Obviously, you cannot replace Derrick Henry, but getting those two back in Julio Jones and A.J. Brown as your one-two punch on the outside is everything for Ryan Tannehill. Um, Deontay Foreman can – he's a professional running back, so you, yeah. know, <laughs> you don't get to rely on him like you do with Derrick Henry. You're not going to put up those type of numbers and be able to move the ball as efficiently on the ground. Yeah. But um, you got a lot of help through the air. I like the Niners tonight. I think it's a bigger game for Tennessee uh, because, like you said, you have Indianapolis knocking on the door. So you go from a home division winner in the playoffs to a road wild card team if you, yeah. if you lose that division lead. 
Um, and then the even so, you know, in the wild card in the AFC, the teams in the wild card in the hunt, they're much better than the teams in the hunt in the NFC. So yeah. if the Niners drop this game on the road tonight. Yeah, they're eight and seven. They still hold a game lead over the guys, the teams in the hunt, which will have two yeah. games left after this. And what you think the Niners are worried about? The, they hold a tiebreaker over the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if, if they played or beat New Orleans this year or Minnesota or whatever, but I think this is a much bigger game for the Tennessee Titans tonight. Um, and they're not favorites. Yeah, at home. And uh, that's that definitely says a lot. Um, I you guess know Samuel's going wild tonight. Yeah, I love I love me some Devo Samuel, man. Um, one question I got for you, and it's it's funny if you just look at it in retrospective to you know the beginning of the season and what your answer would be. But Jimmy Garoppolo or Ryan Tannehill, who you taking? <laughs> in a big game, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And. Um... He's kind of he's kind of pulled his he's 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 shown his nuts this year. Like Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is the more talented quarterback. Bigger arm, bigger playmaker. Jimmy Garoppolo has proven he can win you games. He can win you big games. Yeah. You can you know put X, Y, and Z around him, and he'll play efficiently. He'll protect the football. You know he he's athletic enough to get out of the pocket. I like dude's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I like. I would take Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners went from a lifeless team, Scotty. They went from lifeless, you know, third, fourth in their division, not going to make the playoffs, to eight and six could win ten games this season, if not more. Yeah. Uh, defense has really stepped up. They found something in Elijah Mitchell. Is he still out? He's out tonight. Yeah, but they they got Jeff Wilson back, so yeah, he, he's another quality yeah. running. It's like they just have like a. They'll, pound, they'll run back. the ball down your throat. We, we had um, ah, who did we have on earlier in the year? Niners. Oh, Jordan Elliott. Jordan Elliott was on, by the way. Um, and you know he he talked about Shanahan and and the run game. They used Debo Samuel in the run game. Talked about a hard hard runner. Uh, Debo Samuel will score two plus touchdowns tonight. Ooh, I like the call. I like the call. And they're gonna need it because uh, Tennessee is a physical team. They'll they'll put up a good fight tonight. I'm with you, though. I think San Fran takes this game. I think they'll have the cleaner game. I think they take care of the ball a little bit better. Um, I have San Fran winning this game 23-17. to 17. Ultimately, I think, you know, Tannehill, it seems like whenever he doesn't have Derrick Henry to go to, you know, to fall back on, once you ask him to do a little too much, you start seeing those turnovers happen, and uh, I think that kind of kicks in tonight. San Fran's got a really good defense. Obviously, Bosa in that front line. They got a ton of guys beside him as well, Armstead. Um, they're going to get after Tannehill. I think they shut the run game down. I don't. Fred Warner's a monster. Fred Warner is a is a ridiculous monster. Possibly the best, if not the bona fide best linebacker in the NFL. So San Fran actually has a ton of upside going going into these final weeks. Some of these matchups, um, you know, just looking at the rest of their schedule, they get a showdown with LA Rams at the end of the season, and ultimately they could put themselves in position to move into the L.A. Rams spot before the end of this season or the Cardinals, right, if the Cardinals drop a game or two over the next two weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Before we uh, get out of here, my man, we definitely want to get the predictions for the two Christmas Day games. So 
you said them earlier. I don't know if you saw them in front of you. Yeah. So I'll, you can go first. Uh, we have Cleveland in Green Bay. Green Bay, seven and a half point favorites. That's the 430 game. Yeah, I, I got Green Bay uh, Take kind of sticking the nail in the coffin with Cleveland. Uh, now, Cleveland, they'll still be active, and they'll, they'll control their own destiny to an extent, right, with that division. But um, I think Green Bay knocking knocking down the, the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, the Cleveland Browns uh, on, on Christmas Day, I think that's going to happen. Green Bay is just on a roll. Um, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is healthy. You know, they keep talking about the, the toe after every game, mm-hmm. so – It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But as long as those guys are in there, uh, you know, COVID willing, uh, I do think Green Bay gets that win at home. I agree with you. Uh, the The only way I can see Cleveland pulling out an upset is their the edge rushers. Their defensive line will have to dominate that game. They will have to get after Aaron Rodgers. If he is hobbled with that toe, Jadavion Clown, um, Miles Ma- Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, that defensive line, that defensive front for the Browns, Will have to be very active in the backfield of Green Bay, and Nick Chubb's going to have to have a day. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to yeah. get pressure and stop the run on defense, and you're going to have to run the ball with Nick Chubb and company and run it effectively. But yeah. I, I think the Packers win. And then the second game we have this here. Here's the line: we have the Cardinals at home against Indy. Cardinals are only a one point favorite, so it's essentially a pickle. Mm. This one's tough, man, because there's a lot of momentum behind each side, I feel, you know, as far as pressure. So, obviously, the Colts, they just need their, to try their hardest to win out in order to make the playoffs in the AFC. The Cardinals got a ton of pressure on their backs right now. They got the Colts coming to, coming into town, a, a Colts team that's been very hot. They have an MVP candidate in their backfield. Mm-hmm. But then you're looking at Arizona, who has now brought themselves down a bit with two straight losses, specifically a loss to Detroit that looked very bad. Um, and they looked a little lost, quite honestly, on, on offense. Um, you know why? <laughs> D-Hop. So I was going to bring that up. That was going to be my point. They, Kyler, it was one game. Bad loss. The offense is different, dude. Like he when he doesn't have D Hop out there, what who 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 controls that offense now? Yeah. AJ Green and Christian Kirk. Like that dynamic, yeah, that dynamic's very nice when they're your two and three and can take a back seat to DeAndre Hopkins. When they're forced to be your one and two, that offense and that dynamic changes. And this Colts defense is really good and they force a lot of turnovers. Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting matchup because Arizona absolutely needs to win this game. They need to make a statement win. They need to show that they're going to be able to turn it around after losing guys like DeAndre Hopkins. I um, mean, they lost J.J. Watt on the defensive side too, which is not something that's not talked about much because it did happen a little while ago. But that's your defensive leader. He's the guy with all the experience there. Um, so you lost two huge pieces on both sides of the ball in the Arizona there. Um this game is, is tough for me, man. I, I, I love what Indianapolis is doing. But if Arizona is not a fraudulent team, if they are not the frauds that we suspected it, it throughout points in this season, then they'll win this game against the Indianapolis Colts. You said it is in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. It's in Arizona. They've got to take care of business at home. They need to get back on the on on the win streak. And uh you know, they got the Cowboys coming up next. So, you know, you lose to the Colts, then what? You you play the Cowboys next, you get you turn that into a must win. So 
A lot of pressure here on, on both sides, I believe, but I'm going to go with Arizona here just out of a, a, a gut feeling and, a, and more of a bounce back redemption type of feeling. <sighs> this could bite me in the ass. I'm rolling with, with Indy. And I think Carson Wentz has a big day. Okay. Uh, could really bite me in the ass. Don't get me wrong. But we all know the numbers from <laughs> last Saturday's game against New England in the win and what Jonathan Taylor did and what Carson Wentz didn't do. And, yeah. you know, everyone cracking up and laughing at him. Okay. I think he has a big game. I think he throws for – I'm not going to say he throws for 300-plus, but I, I think he throws for close to 250-plus, 275 in that area. I think he tosses a couple touchdowns. I think he plays a clean game. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to do what Jonathan Taylor does, but it's yeah. not going to have to be so one-sided offensively. Um, it's a much bigger game for Arizona uh, yeah. because now that division lead you had over L.A. has completely disappeared, and now you're looking at a wild-card spot. Right. Uh, but I think the dynamic of that offense has totally and utterly changed missing DeAndre Hopkins. This is a, a big game for Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah. James Conner is questionable. Um, I'm sure he'll play. It's a big game, uh, but he is questionable. And that, that would be a huge blow to that offense if he misses. Rondell Moore is also questionable. He used as a gadget guy for them. But, yeah, um, yeah I think Indy's defense is really good. They run the hell out of the football. And as long as Carson Wentz, doesn't turn the ball over or, or try to play hero ball and make stupid mistakes. They're a very dangerous team. And I think they went on Saturday on Christmas. You know, and it's funny what you said about Kyler Murray, because I, I agree. I think he needs to kind of show his stuff. You know, we talked about it, about him as an MVP candidate early on in the season. And if that's true, if he's an MVP caliber player in this league, Losing DeAndre Hopkins should not diminish you to the point where you you know you lose three games in a row. You're out here looking like that against Detroit, and you can't even bounce back. I want to see him come out if he has to use his legs. You know if that gets him back on the shrine, if that gets him back in in the flow of the game and gets the offense grooving. Him making plays on third down with his legs because this year he has not scrambled a lot. He has not done a lot of running. Uh, he's really perfected his passing craft which is definitely what you want to see from him. But as you guys got as you got guys banged up going down, you're going to have to start making plays and start being more accountable for the offense overall. So I want to see, you know, Kyler Murray get back to being that dual threat that we know he can be. But it's it's going to be a hell of a game. Definitely going to have the money lines going that day. Uh, parlays. But um, got to get to this, uh, this Sixers game. I need to go get a parlay put on this as well before the game starts. So. Uh, we'll definitely go ahead and get out of here. I don't know if you had anything else for week 15 coverage or, or going into week 16, Dylan. No, I don't think so, man. Obviously, we'll be back here on our scheduled time Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on DSM Media um, yep. on Twitter. Unfortunately, it, it won't be on DSM Media. It'll be on our personal accounts. But, Definitely. like, yeah, tap into at DSM underscore media on Twitter. Click the link tree in our bio and you can find every single social media platform you could imagine. We're also on Spotify and Apple Music. So check us out there. Check RT Public out if you want to support DSM Media, any of the guys, any of the shows. We also have cool MB3 uh, designs. I have a couple more upstairs as well. Um, and that's where you can find us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Live, Turf Talk. Uh, Gint might be joining us as well as we get you guys ready for Eagles, Giants, and the rest of the Week 16 NFL slate. And we'll also have uh, three games to be talking about as well. 
Should be fun, man. I'm 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 really looking forward to getting back on the on the in the groove here of yeah. you know turf talk, getting our the regular holidays, man. The hol- the- yes, just stick with us. We'll we'll be back to our regularly scheduled times after the holidays, but we're we're getting back on the shrine here, building that chemistry again. Um, before we get out of here, of course, we want to shout out our sponsors over at Manscaped. As you know, DSM Media and Turf Talk are brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TURF20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TURF20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code TURF20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will certainly thank you. And we certainly thank you for tuning in tonight. Go Birds. We'll see you on Sunday. And of course, go Sixers. Let's get this W tonight, guys. Peace.